0: What's up, guys? Pete Mundo here. Don't forget, I'm giving away free Heartland College Sports koozies every week. I'm sending out several to those of you who are kind enough to leave us a rating and review and subscribe to the podcast, and then send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get the koozie in the mail. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. We have made it to the month of August, and we can officially say college football will be underway this month. Hey, guys, I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. We appreciate you joining us. We are your premier Big 12 independent digital media outlet. However you get to us, whether it's radio, podcast, YouTube, the website, whatever it might be, we appreciate you being a part of the show. I want to start things off with something fun that we did on the site that I want to share and explain to you. And I'll move this along very quickly, I promise you. And that is ranking the top 25 players in the Big 12 from 25 down to 1. Remember, this is not about who had the best stats last year and simply duplicating those numbers. Yes, that's part of it. I'm not going to lie. Of course, you look at last year's stats and you project what they will mean in 2019. But this is not simply about taking whoever had the best stats last year and saying that is obviously the best player this year at whatever the position is. And you will see that as we count it down from 25 to 1. So let's get right to it on today's show. All right, at number 25, Ross Blacklock, the TCU defensive tackle. Now, this is a guy who could end up much higher on the list. Blacklock suffered a season-ending injury last August, did not play. He's 6'4", he's 330. You don't see that from D-tackles in this league, especially the past 10 years. You don't do it. And if Blacklock stays healthy, 25 is going to be low for him. Um, At 24, we have Charlie Brewer, the Baylor quarterback. 20 games under his belt, and I wonder if Charlie Brewer had spent the past two years behind a better offensive line, how much higher could he be on this list? And if this offensive line in Waco clicks, he will end up much higher as well. There's no doubt about that. At number 23, Marcel Spears, the Iowa State linebacker. Another guy who just, he's underrated. I'll put it this way. He is underrated. Honorable mention all Big 12 selection last year. And a guy who on the uh, you know best defense in the Big 12 is going to be one of the leaders of that unit. At number 22, Alan Bowman, Texas Tech quarterback. Look at what he did as a true freshman last year. Now, we'll learn more whether Alan Bowman is a Cliff Kingsbury product or if he is a guy who can stand on his own two feet. I happen to think the latter. I think he can sling it around and will be slinging it around with the best of them in the Big 12. I get that he's dealing, of course, with the collapsed lung injury suffered last season. But according to his head coach, Matt Wells, he's healthy and he is ready to rock. So let's see what Alan Bowman's got in the tank this year. But I think in 2020, we could very well be talking about Alan Bowman as one of the top two returning quarterbacks in the entire conference. At number 21, Oklahoma State. And we go to the defensive side of the ball. A.J. Green, the cornerback, six one, got the NFL length second team All-Big 12 honors last season. I think he'll be a first team All-Big 12 selection at that position this year. He consistently matches up against the best wide receivers um, that he's facing, and he's the real deal, man. I mean, that is a gem that Oklahoma State's got at cornerback. All right, top 25 Big 12 football players in 2019. Let's look at numbers 20 through 16 in reverse order. Number 20, Clay Johnston, Baylor linebacker. One of the lone bright spots on the defensive side of the ball for our man, Matt Rule. Fifth-year senior, second-team All-Big 12 guy last year, and if they're going to improve enough defensively to be one of the top contenders in the conference, Johnson is going to be a big reason why. Fifth last year in the Big 12 with 99 total tackles, he's the real deal. Number 19, Jordan Brooks, a fellow linebacker at Texas Tech. At least 80 tackles in each of his three seasons. And honorable mention all Big 12 guy last year. He is steady. He is uh, uh, tough as nails. And for Matt Wells, having this type of veteran in the middle of your defense is invaluable. We stay on the defensive side of the ball. Number 18, Reggie Walker, Kansas State defensive end. 12.5 tackles for loss last season, 7.5 sacks, and a Big 12 best four forced fumbles. That's also top 10 in the nation. He can come off the edge. He is deceptively quick, and there'll be some competition around the conference. But if Reggie Walker reaches his potential, this guy will be one of the most, if not the most, feared pass rusher in the Big 12. And I'm curious to see what Chris Kleiman's staff does with a guy like Reggie Walker. At number 17, Greg Eisworth, Iowa State Safety. You want to talk about living up to expectations. My goodness, a JUCO recruit joins Matt Campbell last season and becomes the Big 12 defensive newcomer of the year and a first team all Big 12 player. Led the Cyclones in tackles per game, also top 10 in the Big 12. And With two cornerbacks, two starting cornerbacks gone for Iowa State this year, even more pressure is going to be on Eisworth in the secondary. He's clearly the leader of the unit, arguably the leader of the defense. And once again, for a defense that should be one of the best, if not the best, I think it will be the best in the Big 12 Conference, Eisworth will be a massive reason why. And staying in Ames at number 16, Brock Purdy, Iowa State quarterback. You talk about living up to the hype, man. Brock Purdy did that and more, especially for a true freshman. Unbelievable season. He goes from true freshman who, you know, I remember when he picked Iowa State coming out of Arizona. And it was like, all right, Iowa State's got themselves a nice, uh, nice quarterback prospect here. I didn't think he'd be taken over by the fifth game of the season in 2018. I did not think he'd be finishing in the top 15 in the nation in completion percentage in 2018. Big 12 fans, but obviously more importantly, Iowa State fans, they are in for a treat with this guy being on campus for, I don't want to jump the gun, but at least least the next two years. No doubt about it. All right, let's get down to our top 15 now. Big 12 players in 2019. At number 15, Jeff Gladney, TCU cornerback. Maybe the most overlooked player in the Big 12 last season. Possibly. Not amongst the opposing teams, but certainly amongst, you know, fan bases. Pro Football Focus had Gladney rated number one in the Big 12 in lowest passer rating allowed. Wow. Plus, he ranked number one in the conference and only surrendering a reception every 16 and a half coverage snaps. He's six foot, good size for a cornerback. That's what the NFL teams look for, as we mentioned with A.J. Green. And uh, he finished last season second in the Big 12 with 13 pass breakups. This TCU defense is not getting enough credit. I still believe, and I've said it multiple times, Iowa State will have the best defense. And a lot of people saying, well, Texas will be up there as well because of Todd Orlando and Caden Stearns and whatnot. But Texas is losing eight starters from defense. TCU is not. And they're bringing back studs like Gladney. And then don't forget about Russ Blacklock, who was injured last season, who we talked about earlier. Don't overlook this TCU defense, man. Don't do it. At number 14, Colin Johnson, Texas wide receiver. Could have gone to the NFL, comes back, 1,000 yards last season, seven touchdowns. I mean, six six two twenty. That makes him not just one of the toughest matchups in the conference, but the country. He's got another offseason to click and grow with Sam Ellinger. Uh, And that Ellinger-Johnson combo could be one of the best, if not the best, quarterback-wide receiver duo in the Big 12 right there. Uh, He is the real deal. Could have gone pro, came back. I think that's the right move. And now I'm excited to see uh, what he's going to do. But he is not close to the top wide receiver on this list because this conference is so wide receiver heavy this season. Number 13, Jack Anderson, Texas Tech guard. Freshman All-American season two years ago. Second team All-Big 12 last year. Uh, the guard position does not get a lot of love. But once again, you talk about top 25 players in the Big 12 this fall. Jack Anderson has to be on that list. Got to be on that list. And he is for us at number 13. Number 12, the aforementioned Caden Stearns, the Texas safety. Uh, he did it all, man. Big 12 defensive freshman of the year. First team all Big 12 as a true freshman. Remember, he was a five star recruit coming out of high school. And he has lived up to those expectations. The first Longhorn true freshman defensive back to start the first 13 games of his career since Blake Gideon in 2008. And Stearns, I'm curious to see what type of leadership role he is given by Todd Orlando, considering that unit loses eight starters. But Stearns, I mean, he he may not be a national household name yet, he will be by the middle of the season. Puka Williams. Kansas running back at number 11. I know it's been a weird offseason for the Kansas Jayhawks and Les Miles because of Puka Williams, the several-month suspension uh, for the domestic violence allegations. But once again, we're not docking guys for what they may be and do off the field. This is about the top 25 players in the Big 12, and Puka Williams is undoubtedly one of the top 15 players in this conference. Last year, freshman Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, rushing for over 1,100 yards. Of course, we know he's a dual-threat guy. Um, He can catch the ball. He can kick return. He can punt return. He can do it all. And he was one of just two people in the entire conference with Jalen Rager of TCU to have a 100-yard rushing and receiving game. And for Williams, he had four 100-yard rushing games and one 100-yard receiving game. Let's get down to our top 10. Top 10 big 12 players in 2019. Number 10, Jalen Hurts. Now, some of you are asking me, how is Jalen Hurts your HCS, Heartland College Sports, big 12, preseason offensive player of the year, but he's only number 10 on this list? Well, because for the offensive player of the year award, we think that Hurts is going to put up massive numbers because he's playing under Lincoln Riley. That does not mean that I think he is the most talented quarterback or player in the conference. Who you play for matters as well. So, yes, we named him our preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, but it doesn't mean he's the best player in the conference. Those are two different things that should be relatively easy uh, for a lot of you to understand. At number 9, Chubba Hubbard, Oklahoma State running back, coming in there at number Um, 9. When he took over last year for Justice Hill after the injury, This guy was on fire, man. He averaged 106 rushing yards a game, 5.4 yards per carry, five touchdowns. And this was against OU, West Virginia, Missouri, and TCU. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a stud. He is an absolute stud that Mike Gundy's got there, the Canadian running back. Ray Lima at number eight, Iowa State defensive tackle. Uh, He has had a great couple of seasons. He's one of the best run stoppers in the country. And the stats are never going to be sexy as an interior lineman, but he is as explosive a force on that side of the ball as there is in the Big 12. Number seven, also not a sexy position, but Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma center. What more can you say for a guy as a freshman walking in there and becoming second team all Big 12 on the best offensive line in America last season, and now he's the only returning starter? Creed Humphrey has that rare ability, talent, competitiveness, toughness, smarts. He's got it all. And he will be, uh, whenever he goes to the NFL, he will be highly drafted. At number six, we've got Kenneth Murray, the Oklahoma linebacker. Uh, Started all 14 games last year, 155 total tackles. That's the most by a sooner in over 10 years. And now can Alex Grinch put this whole thing together on that side of the ball? But Murray, if he reaches his potential, um, you know, could be his last season in Norman, and, and he will go down as one of the best defensive players in this conference, if not the best. Top five, Big 12 players in 2019 at number five, Tylen Wallace, wide receiver, Oklahoma State. He should be, once again, for a second straight year, a Blitnikoff Award finalist. Mike Gundy seems to always have one of those. Depends who's throwing in the ball. But either way, in Mike Gundy's system, uh, Wallace is as nice of a security blanket as you could ask for. At number four, Jaquan Bailey. Defensive end, Iowa State Cyclones. This guy is the real deal. Second team all Big 12 last year. And he is somebody who, once again, on what I think is going to be the best defense in the Big 12, he will be and is my pick for the Big 12 defensive player of the year heading into 2019. At number three, Sam Ellinger. Once again, he was not our Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year, but that's because Jalen Hurts has the system. Switch the coaches, switch the staff, and I think Sam Ellinger is the offensive player of the year. But Ellinger is playing at Texas. Jalen Hurts has Lincoln Riley. Not that Texas is, you know, doesn't know what it's doing. Tom Herman (laughs) knows what he's doing. But Lincoln Riley is all world in terms of being an offensive mind. So Sam Ellinger, if I need a quarterback right now to win a game in this conference, I am picking Sam Ellinger. One game right now, that's my guy. Tough as balls, uh, can throw it. He's getting better as a passer. He's got good pocket awareness, and he can run the ball, and he will run between the tackles for you. So I'll take Sam Ellinger to win one game. And then your top two, both wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, number two, Oklahoma wideout, 6'2", a buck 90, good size, really good hands and everything you'd hope for out of a wide receiver for OU. And he's, you know, he's taller than the previous top guys that they had out there, like uh, Kenny Stills and Marquise Brown, who were like 5'10". Number one top Big 12 player in 2019. You know what I'll do? I'll save it for the next segment. Coming up, Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. All right, as we cap off the top 25 players in the Big 12 Conference in 2019, we get to none other than Jalen Rager. Yes, this is going to shock a lot of people. Oh my gosh, Jalen How is he your top player in the Big 12? Let me explain. Oh, by the way, I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is our Big 12 independent digital media outlet. Let me note as well... We have a fantasy football league we are welcoming three fans into. And the way you can join us is something that I ask many of you to do each and every week, which is uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Send me an email to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And we will give three fans random entry into this year's Big 12 Fantasy Football League with myself and the rest of the Heartland College Sports staff. Quick plug there. All right, now to Jalen Rager. What this guy did putting this team on his back last season with what it felt like 15 different quarterbacks throwing in the ball, many of whom could not get him the ball, was unbelievable. Yet he still had 72 catches, 1,061 receiving yards, both ranking second for a season in TCU history. He led the Big 12 in percentage of his team's receptions at 30%, which is a ridiculously high mark, which basically means everybody knew he was getting the ball, and nobody could stop him from getting the ball, even though it was mediocre quarterbacks getting him the ball. I will never forget that final regular season game of the year, TCU needing to win to become bowl eligible. The game that he had against Oklahoma State was un-freaking-believable. The first wide receiver in TCU and Big 12 history to top 100 yards rushing, 90 receiving yards in that game. 233 all-purpose yards for that one. He won that game by himself. Basically without a quarterback. If we were talking about Jalen Rager on OU at Oklahoma State, at Texas, he'd be a household name in the country. Everybody would know Jalen Rager. And the fact that he's done this, and he was a big-time recruit. I mean, don't forget, this guy was, you know, one of the 10 best players in Texas coming out of high school. I think it was ESPN that had him as the number six overall wide receiver in the country, four-star recruit by most people's, you know, expectations and and ratings. He was a big-time prospect. He comes out 2017 freshman All-American season, and last year to do what he did with as banged up as that offense was, was unbelievable. Everybody would know Jalen Rager if he was at Texas or Oklahoma. But because of the fact that TCU, you know, mediocre year last year, uh, not really in the national spotlight, he kind of gets overlooked. But in terms of best player in this conference— not best stats. This does not mean I think Jalen Rager is going to have uh, you know the best season at wide receiver or win the Blitnikoff Award because his stats may not be sexy. They got a six-man quarterback race in Fort Worth. But best talent, I'm taking Jalen Rager. Debate it. <laughs> Find me on Twitter at Pete Mundo. Find uh, us on Twitter at Heartland_Cs. underscore Speaking of TCU... They become the most recent Big 12 team to sell beer at football games. How about that? That was announced this week. So they join OU, who also made the announcement in May, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Kansas. And we've talked about it before, but I mean, we all knew this was coming. And it's only going to continue to come at all college football games in all college stadiums. You know why? Because money talks. Money talks, man. And TCU is going to be uh, Miller Coors Products. As a big uh, Coors guy myself, I can get behind that 110%. I'll have a Coors Light with anybody any day. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Hopefully some of you at a tailgate this fall, depending on the games that we go to. But anyway, it's, it's happening. Whether you like it or not, it is happening. It's not going anywhere, and it will be pretty much universal around all college football stadiums, I would say, in the next five to ten years. I think that's how fast this is coming. I mean, look at the Big 12 now. TCU, OU, Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Kansas. Who's left? Baylor and, I guess, K-State, right? I mean, that's it. The only teams left now in the Big 12, eight of 10, are selling beer at games. When five years ago, it was like, You're selling beer at football games? What? Times are changing, man. All right, well, the Coaches Poll came out last week. What do we make of it for the Big 12? That's coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So you might have missed it. Probably not, but just in case you did, the Coaches Poll came out last week, and it was interesting to see where the Big 12 stacked up in this whole deal. You had OU and Texas both in the top 10. Not shocking at all. OU came in at four, Texas came in at 10, and then Iowa State came in at 24. About what I would expect, to be honest. About what I would expect the coaches to do. Not what I think it's going to be, you know, come the end of the season, but about what I'd expect the coaches' poll to look like, right? Uh, Three Big 12 teams. I think most of us believe there is a a bit of a drop-off after Iowa State. Now, it's, it's tight. As I mentioned, it is tight. But it's tight in general in the country. Between 20 and 35-40, I mean, those are razor-thin margins. Whether it's the AP poll, the coaches poll, it doesn't much matter. I mean, those are razor-thin margins. Outside of that, teams getting uh, votes in the Big 12, a bunch of them. TCU, Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. And that shows the Big 12, I mean, how bunched up it is. Now, I don't think Texas is going to end the season as a top 10 team. It's not a knock on Texas at all. But as we talked with Dan Rubenstein about earlier of the Solid Verbal Podcast, you know, there are questions. And when you take this perfect storm of getting the 10 wins last year, being in a Big 12 championship game, beating Georgia in a Sugar Bowl, having a head coach people uh, you know, love, having a quarterback returning that people are fond of. And being at a Blue Blood, it's a recipe for preseason hype. Now, Texas can live up to that preseason hype. Let me make that clear. Texas does have the horses to live up to the preseason hype. I'm just very concerned that they won't, and I don't believe that they will. Because there were too many times where you did not know what Texas team you were getting last year, am I getting the Georgia team and I getting the OU team in the regular season, or am I getting the Maryland team? Tom Herman gets his guys up for big games; he does that really well. But sometimes they don't do as well in the other games, and that's something that has to be a factor here and has to be considered, especially when you know you're playing uh, with a lot of young guys specifically on the defensive side of the ball you know you look at some of the games that texas lost last year or even the games that were close whether it's kansas state in september of last year whether it's the baylor game you know those were wins but closer than they probably should have been uh the oklahoma state game that they lost in stillwater that was fluky and that was a weird deal homecoming weekend everything else but you know some of these things were just, they were razor thin. Texas Tech was a touchdown game. So there's a lot there where you say a bounce here or there that goes in the other direction, and Texas is looking at 8-9 wins, which is a fine season, but not by Texas standards, which we understand. So uh, we'll, we'll be watching that. OU at number four I also thought was a tad high, but then I looked at it, and I said, okay, the teams behind them, LSU, Ohio State, could both be overrated as well in the top six. I mean, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh can't beat a decent team to save his life. I mean, he beats who he's supposed to beat, but he loses anybody on his level. You know, Florida is that Dan Mullen hype train going a little too fast. Same thing with Notre Dame. I mean, A&M, forget it. The hype train's always going too damn fast there. Hey, slow it down, Jimbo. Unbelievable. So maybe it makes sense that OU's sitting there at number four. It's um it's very interesting. It is very interesting to see how these polls shake out in the preseason. Pete Mundo Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. You know who got screwed last week? I feel bad speaking of blue bloods. You know, Matthew Baldwin transfers quarterback from Ohio State to TCU. Uh, after the spring game at Ohio State. He was in the spring game at Ohio State, then he transferred to TCU. He's part of the six-man quarterback race. Probably wasn't going to get it, but that's not really the point. The NCAA denied Matthew Baldwin's immediate eligibility. Now, why? You know, there were guys all around him that transferred and got immediately eligible. Whether it was Justin Fields going from Georgia to Ohio State, he's eligible. Tate Martell then goes from Ohio State to Miami. He's eligible. So what's going on? Well, this new transfer rule is immense, is wildly gray. I know it's a shocker that the NCAA has a big gray area in one of its rules, but it does. So the new NCAA rule is is pretty vague. Transfer rules require student athletes to set out for a season if they haven't graduated unless they can prove extenuating circumstances as a reason to obtain a waiver. Now, for Justin Fields, there were some racism allegations uh, at Georgia. Now, I'm not denying that this could not have happened, but I'm also saying, okay, if it was that traumatizing, his sister is there playing softball and still committed to play softball there. So uh, if it was so traumatizing for Justin and the family, what's that all about? I don't know. It's just, it's weird. All right, we'll leave it at that. For Tate Martell, I guess he had a really good lawyer. And also what helped Tate Martell, because this is in the rules, the previous institution's athletic administration does not oppose the transfer. So give Tate Martell a good lawyer, and Ohio State doesn't put, a fu- put up a fight, and they basically say, all right, go have fun, go enjoy yourself, and you're eligible immediately. For Baldwin, timing was his biggest enemy. Because the NCAA did tighten up and get stricter rules on this transfer deal from earlier in the year because Martell and Fields transferred late winter, early spring, whereas Baldwin transferred after the spring game. So the NCAA has tried to crack down on this, which is their prerogative. But let me say, anybody transferring this year— should have been grandfathered in to the previous system. Next year is fine. Next year, you want to change the rules you're the NCAA, kick it in then. But the idea that Matthew Baldwin transfers basically two months after Justin Fields and Tate Martell, and he's got to sit out of the year when those two guys didn't, is ridiculous. And I, I truly wonder, if Matthew Baldwin was at a blue-blood school, how might this be different? How might things have changed? for Matthew Baldwin? Or is it the fact that, you know what, eh, it's little TCU, little old TCU. No one's paying attention. No one cares. We can hold them to their rules, but you know, not Ohio State, not Miami. No, no, no. They they play by their own rules, but little TCU will play by our new made-up rules that change on a weekly basis uh, with the wind. Uh, it it it's, it's laughable. So once again, I don't know if Baldwin had a shot at the starting job but I feel for the guy because he got really screwed. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. We're weeks away from talking about games. I can't wait. Thanks again, guys, for checking out the show that we uh, flip into a podcast for you here. And please do, as a reminder, leave us a rating, review, subscribe, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. I'm sending out several every week. All you have to do is rate, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot of the rating and review to Pete Mundo, M U N D O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.